Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the, to the Irish Tech News Podcast, recording live from Bank of Ireland building in uh, Grandcastle Square. And before we start, we're going to bring in a new feature in the podcast soon. We're going to have our Anagni uncle coming in, and he's going to be talking about basically answering your queries with networking issues or PC issues. And he's Anthony Moran, and he's here with us this morning to, to get to uh, start off the podcast, and we'll find out more about what he does, and uh, and he'll give some examples of stuff that he actually uh, deals with day, day in, day out, and then after that, we'll give you a chance to send in your queries, and he'll come on the podcast every few weeks and answer your queries. So, Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Ron. I much appreciate it, and uh, it's great to have the opportunity to share with the users uh, my knowledge and experience over the last uh, nine years or so in IT. So, um, what I'd like to, I suppose, talk about is that um, there's a lot of um, people, you know, wanting to change to Windows 10 these days, and uh, it's uh, the free. I suppose changeover now has come to an end since um, the end of July, and it's um, now if you want to, you know, change over to Windows 10, you have to pay um, around 100 euro or so, like you know, to go to it for the home user. Yeah. Um, or it could be if you want to be a professional to use it for business, it's more than that. It could be maybe 200 euro. It depends on what you want to get um, with Windows 10, like you know, so. Um, another thing as well is um, the upgrades. Uh, you need to think about um, the PC that you have. Should you stick with the operating system that you have if you're on Windows 7? Um, if it was me, I would stay with Windows 7 um, because if you upgrade, you come across a lot of technical problems. Yeah. Like, you, know, you can roll back, but I think that maybe stick with the operating system you have. What about Windows 8, if you're on that, should you upgrade from Windows 8? Uh, Windows 8, it's, it is possible, but again, it depends on your specifications. It is, uh, you can do it, um, some people have done it, um, uh, some people have had issues, but some others haven't. So, what I would say is that um, if you're going to upgrade now, you'd want to probably think about maybe buying maybe a new device with... Yeah. Because yeah, you were saying if you have Windows 7, don't upgrade. You've got Windows 8. What should you upgrade or stay as you are? Um, for me personally, I would stay as stay as I was. I would upgrade my machine um, to be sure that there would be no issues with compatibility yeah. with devices. Um, again, it's a personal choice. Like you know, you can roll back if you're not happy. There is a rollback. I think it's 30 days rollback. 30 days. Yeah. That's easy, yeah. I know, for example, if you're going to have a machine, the first thing I recommend is getting in more RAM and also an SSD drive. That way you make it run faster. Is that true as well? It would be, yeah. I'd say more RAM always helps. Like, you know, um, it's it's a great thing to get. Like, if you've only got four gig of RAM in your uh, PC, um, it's always good to get eight yeah. because it's going to make your uh, device uh, perform quicker and more efficient. Uh, SSD drives is good as well because it makes your machine be boot up a lot quicker as well. Like you know, so. And also, I suppose you're going to get less hard disk issues. Yes, there'll be less errors with uh, a solid state drive, like you know, because you don't have any moving parts. Yeah. It's and, a, and also, no more defragging. 
Yes, uh, it isn't a good idea to defrag a solid-state drive because it shortens the life yeah. of the solid-state drive. But you don't have to do it on uh, the older hard drives. It would be recommended to defrag every so often. Yeah, I guess basically because I'm used to basically I used to I used to for years I was on the Windows systems and I moved to Mac. And when my last laptop I had, I had a Windows 8 laptop. And I upgraded to Windows 10, I thought it was going to be great. But after about four, five, three or four months, it was slowing right down. Browsers were very slow in it. Now, I had 6GB RAM on my laptop, so I wasn't short of memory on that. So it was enough memory laptop. I had a 300GB hard disk as well, so quite enough hard disk space. But I did find the browser was slowing right down, and it, more or less, it was more or less telling me, buy a new, new laptop. Even though my laptop was only about a year and a half old at the time I upgraded, it, it would tell me to buy a new one. So, yeah. I took the plunge and decided, okay, I want to buy a laptop that I, or something that I know I want to have issues with. I won't get any of those so called red or blue screens or anything else, or have any issues with viruses or anything else. So, I actually moved over to, uh, to Mac because basically I knew that I also get the SD and I also get long life batteries. Because this battery gets about 12 hours on average, 12 hours when I'm using this on the go. So if you're at a conference somewhere and you want something to plug in, I'll get three hours maximum, or lucky. Yeah. When you can rent a bulky power pack plug in and try, try to find a, a, a seat where there's power at a conference, it's annoying. But this, I haven't got that. And obviously, if you buy top of the range uh, one of those, one of those uh, notebooks from Intel, you're going to get the same issue. It's going to basically long power and everything, and it's going to last you quite a while. So that yeah. time as well. But I just felt that when this, I got this annoyed that I had basically, you're an half-old machine, and suddenly it was kind of redundant because I, I was so much that I couldn't use it properly. Yeah. And as you were saying, if you got no, if you got no Windows 7, Windows 8, and it was happy with that, don't upgrade. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, think about um, getting, you know, maybe getting a new machine that's the specifications are perfect for that operating Windows 10 operating system. Um, but also I check as well, I mean, one thing as well, your software, because yeah, if you've got, it's uh, compatible, yeah, because yeah, if you've got something and you're using bespoke software designed for you only and it's an old like software that's about maybe eight years old, Yeah. what's the point in uh, that mightn't work with, with, you, with Windows 10? Exactly, yeah, compatibility issues is a big thing, so you might be spending money but you could be spending more money um, than you expected and you're, if you're in an office or you know, you've got tailor-made software, if it doesn't work, that's a big problem. And the worst thing is, if you get somebody who just know the software and it works fine for them, and there's new versions available which you don't really need because it's giving you things you don't really want. Yeah. Why would you spend money for software to get stuff you don't really need as well? Because they might say, oh, a new version works for Windows 10 and gives you this and that main functionality. You want A, B, and C, not X, Y, and Z, so you're paying more for X, Y, and Z on top of that, and which you don't really need. So my view is, if it, it, it Personally, for me, if, if what you have works for your, for your system, why, why mess with it and change it? Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's great advice. Because I'm just, I've seen over the years, like myself, when I worked my last couple of jobs I worked in, we used to have bespoke software we used for an email server and everything else. And uh, every time when uh, Windows, new version of Windows come out, we'd, we'd actually uh, have to basically update the software. And software updating it, we had to pay money for a feature we didn't really need and I was thinking why can't they support the older versions but they don't tend to they tend to basically after a while support's kind of gone they're making you force you to buy the new version of the yeah. software rather than supporting older versions exactly so yeah, and, and my view is 
Uh, sometimes if you're in a business and the money, you haven't got the money just to keep updating your software, what's the point? Exactly. You yeah. should have an opportunity where they, they will give you opportunity to uh, keep supporting like your software and make sure it's going to be no issues. Exactly, yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's one of the things that you have to consider uh, before changing as well. So, um, and then when it comes to problems you, you've dealt with in the past, what ones do we find most common? I suppose like um, issues that the computer is very slow, um, that could be again about um, having programs on your computer that aren't necessary, so you may need to remove certain programs that are slowing it down, like uh, bloatware, again, you could have stuff working in the background that could be slow. I guess maybe if, I'm, if you're beating up a system and you've got software that, uh, that automatically loads up yeah. in the background, that could be using a valuable virtual memory as well. Exactly, yeah. Things so. like Skype, is that always necessary to, to have on your computer? Because there is a boot-up yeah. issue. It does take a lot of resources. So um, there are other um, softwares that could be working as well that you may no longer use. So you could uninstall those, yeah. which would make your computer more efficient. Well, I'm thinking of like MSN. People are always got that yeah. in the background. And that's something that you'll find an older machine. People are yeah. still using that. That pops up. Yeah. And should be removed these days. Yeah. Like, you know, it's unnecessary software, so um, that's that could be removed. And people having issues with maybe browsing the internet, it could be slow as well. They might have a lot of programs opened when they're working, and they may not need to have some of those programs. I on. guess sometimes certain browsers you get if you open too many tabs, yes, they can slow right down. You can. Yeah. Or you have a scenario where basically uh, some many of our software you have on your machine has a plugin that goes in, fits in over your browser, and when that's that's running in the background, that gets a lot of write down. Yeah. Because every time you, you're going to visit a page, I guess, it, it actually checks to make sure that page is, is safe and kosher. Yeah, that's it, like, you know, be checking. So sometimes you may not need uh, all these, like, uh, security kind of web paging things. If you're a responsible person surfing the internet, that may be piece of software that you may may not really need like, you can know, also and I guess as well a certain a certain antivirus software is known to be a resource hog as well yeah there are ones out there that would be um, that would take a lot of the resources so they can slow you down you may maybe opt for less you know resource intensive you know anti you know, virus software that is as good, like you know, but it doesn't doesn't take as many yeah. resources. Well, I guess the best thing I can say is let name names. Go and Google yourself and find out which antivirus software is the least resource hog. Because, yeah. in other words, uh, it can vary. Each antivirus software can work differently compared to the system you have. Yeah. So one machine can be resource hog, and another mightn't be. Yeah. So if you go open and do do research on yourself, you'll find out more. So a lot easier than me or you saying to them don't buy that don't buy that because it's personal choice exactly yeah there's a couple of websites that I would say that are good to, to check out maybe CNET and Tom's Hardware they would have reviews yeah. of um, you know different I suppose like antivirus and PC issues so they, they, they'd be you know websites I, I tend to you know, advise users to, to look at like you know yeah, no, so if you've got a smart device like I have you can actually get the CNET app for your phone mm. or tablet yeah. and that will actually give you latest stories on there so I'd, I'd look at that as well yeah exactly yeah it's, it's a good idea keep you up to date as well on different issues that are happening so yeah and before we talk about basically SSU drive and everything how do you make sure you can put that longer what tips would you give um I suppose like you know you could uh, 
definitely, like, you know, as we were saying, like, you know, defragging, keeping the the state of the drive healthy. If it's uh, the old hard disk, like, you know, um, sometimes in the beginning that takes a while, but if you do it on a regular basis, it's quicker. So it means that your drive is more healthier. Um, I'd say it's necessary also to be very careful with your machine as well. Don't let excessive dust build on the fans because if a machine gets really hot, it's going to start, you know, causing problems. So air vents don't have them blocked. Um, keep dust, you know, uh, out of it. Don't be, uh, I suppose, like, you know, when your PC or laptop or device is working, try and keep it stable. Don't be jerking it around a lot unless it's a mobile device. Yeah. Um, again, be, I suppose, like, you know, conscious of when you have your PC or laptop on, don't constantly be switching off and on because that could lessen the, the hard drive's life. So um, when you have it on, leave it on for the duration of the amount of time you're going to be using it. Like, you know, you can, you know... Um, I wouldn't leave the device um, unlocked, like, you know, like you can, if you work in an office environment, you can always press the Windows key and the L key mm. to lock the device, uh, so you don't need to shut down the device. Nobody can then go into your computer just as a security thing, yeah. like, you know, so um, things like that can help lengthen the, the life of your hard drive on your computer. And I guess if someone's using, basically, they've got a computer in the office and using it as a server to store files on or anything else, or basically an email server, as long as it's not being for anything else, you can leave one in the background and it'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, yeah, it's good. Like, you know, email servers, they do their thing, like, you know, so they're probably busy probably in the morning time. People are logging in, checking for emails overnight, but they tend to, to do their thing, like, you know, so they're not constantly, you know, needing attention. That's and, and also, if you use it maybe as a local cloud, cloud storage as well, have it on there, public cloud on there. Yeah. And basically, as long as it's only used for that, and obviously you don't have somebody logging in and using the computer to surf from that, yeah. as long as it's just in winter by either an email server or be a cloud storage, then you know it's, it's going to last longer because it's not been used for anything else. Yeah, because all the work would be done up in the cloud. It wouldn't be hogging resources on your physical uh, machine a lot. So, yeah, the cloud is being used more and more so uh, by people and businesses nowadays because they're saving on the costs of, I suppose, electricity uh, and having to maybe buy licenses for um, different operating systems as well. So it is uh, definitely, that's going to lengthen the, the time of your physical hard drives on your on your computers or your devices or your, your PCs, like, you know, so... Yeah, and also, when it comes to basically something like the dread, dreaded blue screen, yeah. how do you try and avoid that? Or what, or is that something we should be worried about? Um, well, I suppose, like, blue screen is something that happens um, now and again. Um, a good thing you can do is take a note of what the error is of the blue screen. Like, you know, there's usually codes that yeah. come up with a blue screen, um... And you could even take a, a print screen, or if you have a, an iPhone, maybe take a, a picture of it, and uh, you could maybe attach that to an email and send it to your tech support people because mm -hmm. they'll know exactly what the error is. Uh, a quick and easy way of getting out of blue screen is maybe give it another reboot. It could be just um, the drive may have a problem um, 
opening up the, the log on screen or it could be you have a stray USB device or yeah. you know plugged in what about safety mode we, we, we started the safety mode that work as well the safety mode is something that's yeah if you're troubleshooting like you know and you're trying to see is there something happening in the background and you're seeing is there is there something plugged in or yeah. if there's something new sometimes blue screens um, happen when you you introduce new software as well um, it might be something that's uh, you need, may need to re uninstall again to, to get it back. So you could maybe uninstall oh, what it. What faulty memory? Could that be a problem as well with it? Faulty memory is something that you can hear uh, happening when you start up the PC. Like you is know, you can hear beep? beeps. Or the beep noise, yeah. Yeah, you can hear beep codes. Like you know, yeah. that would be an indication of faulty memory. Or you might need to reseat the memory. Yeah. Or there could be dust or something like that. So you again, like you know. You may need to look at those areas if you do hear beats, or you know, you know that would be alert to us. I guess when it comes to working in a, what tips would you give to, to working in a network when it's a secure environment? Okay, well, I suppose like working in network in a secure environment, I could maybe mention about wireless. Like you know, that's uh, a way of connecting these days now. Now, what I would say is that if you do have wireless, try and have uh, the WPA2, which is Wireless Protected Access 2, yep. because you need to um, be secure with this, because that needs a, that has encryption, and you need to have a good password with it, because it only accepts good passwords. So have a mixture of numbers and letters, upper and lower case, and uh, that would be for wireless. Now, with wired, hardwired um, networks, if you've got like uh, a small business, uh, with a router and your, if you've got any physical devices like a firewall or a hardware server, have them in a secure location so nobody can plug in a device and hack into your yeah. your business and have maybe on the system maybe something like group policies for users, rogue bad users that might want to do damage to your network that those devices would be blocked from getting on. And I guess also you can have a system where you can set up on a network what software Canopy or what's going to be visited, like for example, if you know a lot of stuff, or oh, spend a lot of time on Facebook or, or something like that, you can actually set it up in, in, your, in, your, in the network that certain machines aren't allowed to access certain websites. Exactly, yeah, like on the firewall, you can put in certain rules that can block yeah. access to certain websites. So if the company or the people aren't allowed to surf Facebook, a rule can be put in where Facebook isn't allowed. But certain users, if it's for business purposes, would be allowed that or Twitter or yeah. LinkedIn or those things. Rules can be, you know, established. And for I guess is we're going to make sure that if if someone's actually going onto your system, you're going to have a bring in a BOID policy. Yeah, bring your own device yeah. policy um, would be where people who come in as guests or visitors would be allowed to go on a certain part of your network that will be separate from yeah. your business network. So that would be um, a kind of uh, something that you can set up. They wouldn't be able to do any damage to your network because it's a separate uh, protected area that would be safe for them to, to surf the internet. Yeah, because uh, I don't know tonight where you have somebody who's got two phones working, personal phone, and personal phone is allowed to go on network as well because do you know what damage is going to be done with that? Exactly, yeah. It's true. Like, you know, you can lock down a lot of devices that are allowed and ones that are disallowed so they could put in the details maybe mac address of the devices that are allowed in like you know they're unique to the devices so um, some would be allowable again you have to be careful of us um, and again 
just for users be wary of wireless networks that you go on that they aren't um, set up by people who want to steal information so be wary of doing banking or anything like that on wireless networks that you're not aware of or could be pretending to be safe but that aren't really like you know so and look out for the HTTPS the yeah. symbol sounds for security so they're they're important and also when you're going to website make sure your website has that and also has the uh, the, uh, the lock clo- closed lock yeah the closed lock so it's secure so be wary look out for those things and uh also, if you ever got any emails that um, are asking for account details, be very wary of those because they could lead to, um, you know, cybercrime where your network can be put at danger if you click on them. So because recently it was emails coming in from uh, people from like Irish Water, actually asking for your account details, and in a sense they they were they were basically criminal people yeah. trying to get that, and only just one person. Click on us, click on it, and that's all they're looking for. Yeah, and they then that opens up uh, a lot of problems then for your internal system because that could be you don't know what the program is behind that. They again watch out for .exe file mm-hmm. attachments because they have probably got some serious maybe viruses or malware there that could cause problem in your system. Well, I know a company called Evil Laundry, but they're based in Kildare, and they do they do uh, software. One of the things they do is they have software that basically you pay for it and they, they actually check your email. So before you get a, in, in your system, it goes through, goes through their servers, cleans out all the spam. And also they do a thing as well as where they have a system set up where they actually uh, test your staff and what they'll do is they send you an email, a bit like, like the one that they, uh, an email, and it's basically spam email, but send us an email. That's what happens. So when you, when you go through, it will say click this for, for to get the Windows price something else. So when you click on the email, what happens is it, it, it tells you how many of the staff actually fell for fell that. And then all, what it ends up a, a video, and the video tells the staff what they should do and yeah. how to make sure they haven't been they haven't been, uh, been caught out by these kind of emails. Yeah. So they're doing this at the moment, about the past couple of years, and uh, the moment it's doing very good business in in the UK with syndicate councils. And I think if your staff are more or less trained on what to look out for, yeah. like these guys, these guys do when they do do it in a run system, it's not kind of saying to you, uh, "Oh, basically, we'll give me talking to because you did this." Fact is, a lot of staff. It happens uh, if you get an email at a certain time of day and you're not fully focused, you're going to look an email, click on it, and without bother checking. So what this does, this lets you know and it trains your staff because you've got to be aware of these things and. By training your staff about this, they won't do it again because they know that's it. Yeah. Because the worst thing you can do is give your staff a telling off about this because that can get them more annoyed because it wasn't my fault. This way, if, if you're trying you're to show them, them yeah, yeah. at the same time as showing them the, the danger of opening up, um, I suppose, like rogue email people that are out there to do harm. Like, you know, and yeah. it is very easy, like, you know, especially PDFs, yeah. like, some of them can have yeah. problems yeah. as well, attachments. Yeah, because last year I was at their, down at their, uh, at their head office in, in, in uh, Kildare, and when I saw what they're doing, a lot of stuff was coming through, and they, they can go through a lot of, so any email you send, you can pay them uh, to, to link your server up to their server, so before you go to your server, it's it's scanned, and it's always, always updates the heuristics. Yeah. So, in other words, every day the, the heuristics are updated, so in other words, there's a very good, 1% chance, or less than that, that something will go through. Yeah. 
and and what they're looking for namely is normally it's, 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 it's the headers and footers and, and, and if you have an email certain words will appear only appear in these kind of emails so they, that word that word is there yeah. and they know okay this is this has got to be something so it's quarantined and then check then before then once you checked the decider said okay this is a bad bad uh, email flash it or go through cleaned up so it was cleaned up what they might do is they might send the email through to you but they get rid of all, all the attachments so all you get is just the body of text yeah and then because there's, there's a chance now and again that maybe a, a client has sent you a, an important uh, email and without knowing it, they could have a virus system and it's affected every time it's an email it's affected so they could send you a, a, a document you need for a contract you're doing with them or anything work with them mm-hmm. and the document could be attachment uh, could be could be the one that's got a virus in it yeah. not that, not your fault their fault but it could be on there yeah. but if you can see the body of text you can go oh by the way guys uh, I didn't get your attachment and then when you, when you tell them what when they say oh we sent you then you know oh by the way must be virus year end check it yeah, that's, that's the way yeah. teamwork there yeah it's true another thing as well is a thing that they call social engineering where users are probably a telephone call could come in and a user could be busy at the time and somebody's asking for their username for their logon or they might ring in again asking for you know your password that yep. they're from IT like you know you've got to be wary of these also you know, people who, who try to, you know, get... I guess you're talking, talking about those um, Indian scams from Microsoft. You can, yeah, where definitely. Where people ring up and say, uh, yeah. we see you've got a problem, problem with, with your computer, how can you... Yeah, that's it, so there's a... We know there's an update there that you need help with, like, you know, or, you know, you get different companies ringing up saying, like, you know, we're just doing a survey, you know, beware, users should be aware of, you know, these kind of phishing. And especially if somebody actually is, what they're doing is, if somebody actually is uh, using their computer, is if you're allowed access to your computer from somewhere else, then you know for a fact something's going to happen. Like, I've seen the Indian guys, yeah. there was, they installed a keylogger on your system, they're telling you, and that actually, uh, every time, you, everything you type in, they get a copy of, be yeah. passwords, be documentation, whatever you're yeah. doing. And the worst thing, I know a guy a couple of years ago, but a year or two ago, uh, the, rang up his parents' house and uh, he happened to be home at the time and he was chatting with his guys and within about half a minute he knew basically that it was a scam. Yeah. So he, he was on the phone and kept the guy chatting away and said, how's it going and everything else, chatting away with this. And then these guys have a script. So they're reading out a certain script to you. So he was chatting to them and he knew that script. He goes, oh, it's fine. So I'll keep them talking longer and longer and longer. And said to them, Okay, would you shut down the computer and restart it? Okay, he was doing that fine. Everything was going fine. And then he was saying, no, now you should see a Windows blank coming up. Would you key in your password? He goes, yeah, key in password. But I don't see a, a, a Windows login. He goes, that's strange. Okay, we'll keep going on. So the guy was kept going on talking to him for about another minute. He was trying to get him out of phone lock possible just so that he could waste our day. So yeah. after another minute he goes, oh yeah, and now when you're on, do you see the start button in the, on, the, on the bottom left-hand corner, right on the corner of your screen? He goes, oh no, I don't see start button. Do you see Windows log anyway? No, I don't. He goes, why, I'm on a Mac? And then when you said that, the guy other end the phone, just wind up at the phone down. But yeah. it's kind of that they've all, got, they've all got, a, got a script, and if you get them to be from the script, they don't know how to handle it. But he kept the camp and said, no, no, I'm going to keep them on the script. I'm not going to leave it off it. But he knew what they were doing. And his, 
texts or if you're dealing with another person, there's more chance of them actually uh, going to be... Yeah, they could get taken in. So if any of these like um, phone calls come in, they want to re- remotely go on to your um, PC or desktop, just put the phone down. Don't spend any time yeah. with them because they're up to no good, you know. So um, they're... It's unusual for somebody to ring you and you have no problem. Like you know, so all, make sure users are always wary of that. See, the worst thing is you get these companies and they're from they're from Asia or India and they they state that basically that they work for Microsoft, but yeah. actually they don't. Yeah. So what it does is it's giving Microsoft a, a bad name. Microsoft are getting a bad name through this because yeah. if, when, the moment someone says working for Microsoft or Apple or Google, whoever it is. You're massively reassured. Oh, these guys must be good. Yeah. And the problem is, if someone's doing the intentionally name dropping and name yeah. that you know for a fact isn't who they work for, but they're saving this, yeah. then that's 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 an issue. And, th- and thankfully, those phone calls aren't as strict as they used to be. They're happening, but not as much as yeah, yeah, it's true. And again, like be wary. Why are they ringing you? Like, why would Microsoft be ringing you? Like, you know, they don't do that. Like, yeah. you know. Uh, if you're gonna ring them, that's okay. But why are they ringing you out of the blue? So yeah, because for me normally, if I've problem in the past, I've rang them. They've only rang me back if I contacted them first. But yeah. They're not going to ring you. I'd say, blah, blah, blah. now listen. If you listen to something like Joe Duffy, like Liveline, now and again, when you hear people talking about what's happening on on Liveline, you hear people complaining, "Oh, we've got this this issue." Yeah. When that happens. You know it's a big issue, but it's very rare. Yeah. But once it gets on there, you know it's 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 pandemic. It's widespread. Yeah. Widespread. That's true. Yeah, it's one of the things. So yeah, and there could be media, as you say, announcements to let people know. But thank God that's not as you know. Yeah, but three four years ago, you, you hear every few months to be about an hour worth of a week, two hours a week of stuff live and talking about this. Yeah, and you'd be thinking, surely people would have learned by now. By now. But the problem is they haven't. It's human nature, and the thing is. Yeah. Anything these guys go for, they, they go for you, Mitch, because the biggest failure in the system, in any company, is, is, is humans. We're always available. Yeah. So they find a, a weakness and go and go for that. As you said earlier about phishing emails, yeah. that's what they do as well. They they see something, and they might say, oh, you've won a 25 euro gift card. Like I get them all the time, spam, yeah. uh, for a certain shop. Chances are you're gonna you're gonna click on that human nature. Yeah, that's it. It's just people feel as though they might win something, but again, like, don't click on them. Like, you know, there there could be some line of like some program behind that. Yeah. Like, you know, so it could do damage. Like, you know, but the thing is, money. they always seem to send the email at a time of the day when no, basically you're bored and work. Yeah. So it comes in a time. Oh wow, I want something, and you yeah. cl- and you look at it, and it goes wow, and the moment it says you won. It, even if it's like a proof of your voucher, yeah. the fact that you won something, that's it, you're clicking it. You doesn't yeah. need, the monetary value of the gift for what you won doesn't count. The fact that you win a prize. Yeah. And they'll get you at a time when you're kind of at work and you're bored or just before you're going home. Yes. You, right. you think, oh, I can't wait to go home. Yeah. Oh, wow, I won a prize. You click on that. That's what happens. And it, that to me is. Could have a payload of some virus or something behind it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. These things are, you know, make. I'd like to make users wise, yeah, be wary of any offers like that, like you know. So I guess yeah, I guess what you're trying to say is basically, these people when they do, be wary of emails, and if you get an email portraying to be from a certain bank, like yeah. a bank saying to you, uh, "We've found a problem. We've been hacked. We want you to uh, put in uh, your account." Yeah, and they give you a website to link to. Now, my view is, if someone's asking for that, 
first thing I suggest yeah. is ring your bank, wherever it is, or yeah. if it's Irish Water or wherever it is, ring them to make sure this is, le- is legit. Yeah, that's it. So also you can do um, report a spam in your email account that you have, like, you know, so you can right click on us and just have a look and see because that will also send an email to the email provider. Yeah. They'll be alerted pretty rapid as well that these guys are coming through. And but the problem is at times you could have a scenario where if these are going through a spam server, there's no come around, you can't, you can't actually get around that. Yeah, I suppose, like, you know, it's it's one of these things, like, you know, um, but it's good to make them aware as yeah. well, like the email providers like Outlook or Google. But that's, um, yeah, that, that, that's a value. But I know, for, for example, that remember in the UK a while ago, in the UK, a lot of people used to send spam via UPC or NTL in the UK. Yeah. And for a while, if people if people had private email address was a, was an NTL address as a homeward personal address, and they were emailing for a job interview or anything else, the email was getting spam, was getting blocked because a certain name of provider was 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 perceived it's like Yahoo accounts. Oh yeah. Like for for years. Whenever you get any of those scam African Prince emails, yeah, most of them came from your Yahoo email address. Yeah. So if you got that kind of right away, people would say, "Don't open that." And when you got companies that are like maybe spam out, for example, software to actually check emails, yeah. it will automatically block anyone coming through from that email, even though it's a genuine email. No yeah. block regardless, and you can find a scenario where you, you're applying for jobs but getting no work back or anything else, so you don't know what's going on. Yeah, and you go, Oh, I emailed the CV, never got it, so you emailed it, and you get that scenario when you don't know what's going on because, as yeah. you said, this the company, yeah, um, email provider hasn't had their house in orders, but eventually they will, and then the, when they do get their email uh, service in order, the emails will come through, but yeah. I, you know, you you always be safe with, uh, I'd say, like Gmail accounts or Outlook accounts. They should always sail through, like, you know, so you should be their big provider. So, um, yeah, picking, like, people's, like, your email accounts that aren't, like, um, making sure that they're keeping an eye on the spam that's been sent out by those email are ones to maybe yeah. avoid, like, you know. So. And also, I guess, check the, head, the headline of the email, email title. Yeah. That's going to be a good indicator of basically, and also I guess as well. Top of that is also spelling. Yeah, if it, the spelling doesn't look right um, at all in the email address, again, be wary. They must. Yeah, or actually, if you look at the heading or the body of the email itself, if the spelling mistakes in there, yeah, you then know, for example, that these guys they aren't native speakers of your language, yeah. so it could be. Uh, a, a, a dangerous email to Especially open. Especially if, if it's pretending to come from a bank, yeah. but they can't spell certain words properly. Yeah. But you think, well, hold on, if you're working from a bank, why, why are you spelling this, this this word wrong? Exactly, yeah. Or if they ever ask you for bank details, that's a, a red alert sign. That's why they asking me. They should have my details already. Yeah. Like, you know, so these details, you don't know where they're going. Like, so you could be sold on to criminals and you know, cyber criminals all over the world, so it, it could lead to things. So, yeah, always be wary if they ever ask for bank details or any personal information. Uh, never give date of birth, phone numbers, anything, PIN numbers. These things are never to be, you know, entered. Yeah, because I've seen guys that are openly, oh, shit, that's just a bank calling me and, and, and giving them information. Never give anything away. If you're only giving a given person in the branch. Yes, face to face. Face to face. Yeah. 
You don't go to, you don't actually email anything back on the NS because my view is you're giving them, why would they want your password? Do we have your password? Yeah. If, if, if they've been hacked, they, they, uh, if the bank has been hacked, they're going to email you, but surely they're also announcing in the press exactly, been hacked. Yeah. And we, we've had a major hack, and we're going to be contacting our customers to make sure that uh, this problem is rectified. Now, if, if they don't, if they actually email you and don't tell the public, yeah, you got to wonder. Well, what is this is really legitimate? Yeah, because my yeah. view is, if, if it was legit, and if a bank wants to say Facebook, well, it could be bad, it could be anything, it could be like your Facebook account or, or Gmail account, whatever. If they've been hacked, yeah, first thing they should probably do is, if they went announce that we've been hacked, yeah, well, we're dealing with this and we're actually telling our customers we've been hacked. Whereas the moment you have you, you have a scenario where your company's been hacked, well. Doesn't officially tell people about it. Yeah. Then you got to wonder what else. What else is going on? Minus you. You find out later on what's going on. Yeah. Whereas the moment someone tells you you've been hacked, you get annoyed they're hacked. We think, well, at least they're telling me. Yeah. I mean, if someone didn't tell me they were hacked till a month later. Yeah. Then that's not great. But again, if you do get hacked, the, the best line of defence is to change your password, and um, that will definitely stop any more of their activities because you have changed your password so that's first thing you'll know you're hacked because you're going to get yeah. a lot of crazy emails you never expected before so definitely uh, change your password like you know and record that somewhere that you can access but don't be writing this on top of your computer where people can openly see it like, and also as well make sure that when you got a password you have another safe password for everything you do yeah, have different ones for different things because then it makes it more difficult for people to get into all these other personal accounts that you have. So, yeah, have different, definitely great advice, different passwords as well, like, you know, and again, make them as complicated, make it difficult, don't make them, like, uh, an easy word that people will find out, like, you know, through, you know, different ways. They, they, they can use different formulas to you know, break passwords, so make it pretty difficult for them. Well, two years ago, I set up my blog, and I had to set up a password to get logged into the blog and, and set it properly. And it took me basically about two years. It took me about half an hour to get a password. Everything I was typing in, yeah, it wouldn't accept. Yeah, I was typing something that I could remember, wouldn't accept it. I then finally used a phrase in Irish. Okay. That worked fine. I, I used an Irish word, a different of Irish and Irish word, type it in, and it worked fine. Because they didn't know, because the problem is, uh, when you type in the password and check if it can be used, yeah. that software is, is, uh, is going to be telling you that's easy to use. And that same software, first of that algorithm is used by hackers to look for passwords. Yeah. So if, for example, you're typing in something that the that they don't know, but haven't heard it before, that's it. Now, as most people, uh, hackers, are basically, a lot of them have come from Eastern Europe now, maybe some information. They're not going to know the Irish language. Yeah. So if you're using, like, Irish words like I did, they wouldn't know it. And within about, I took me, once it got, oh, it took me about half a minute, this and that, to get accepted. Because, hey, we don't know this word. Yeah. And if we don't know the word, then the problem you got to think that, uh, that those algorithms that have been used by... Uh, Whatever you set an account for to check you, make sure yeah. that the word is going to be. In, yeah, in the dictionary attack. Like, yeah, and it's going to make sure that basically how, 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 Linus, yeah. yeah, and it tells you how strong the password is and yeah. everything else. That same dictionary background and analytics software is going to be used actually by hackers as well yeah. to uh, 
to check passwords. Yeah. And uh, then these are these are mainly designed to look up English words rather than anything else. Rather than French, German, Spanish. So if you're going to do it, do it in in. Uh, the language, language that they will, won't really get because yeah. the language well if it is French or German pick up words and won't pick up because it, these uh, algorithms are only just determined to look up English words nothing else so you can actually do one in, in, in French, German, Italian, Spanish, Irish pick something that's it and make sure if you're doing that as well you use words that people wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't really know about yeah. like for example the uh, if, for example, you're, you're doing it in Irish, pick a something like maybe socks or shoes in Irish and use that as a password. No one's going to know what that is because they don't know what socks or shoes are. And then again, you can use the same password again, exposing it into like French or German or Italian. Without really language that you're comfortable with using as well, key that in. No one's going to know because they're used to in English. So they never get what it is because normally passwords are normally. It's obviously going to be something personal to you. Yeah. So your football team, your spouse, your nickname, everything else, your kids' names. Yeah. Or your or your date of birth. That's the most common things. Or yeah. God. Yeah. So if you can get rid of all that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it should make it more secure. So yeah, definitely make it uh, difficult for them, but easy for you to remember. That's the the main thing I we mentioned to users definitely. And also, I guess uh, when it comes to uh, OSs. Which ones are your favourite to work with and why? Well, I, I have a few I like. Um, I suppose Windows would be one that supposedly I would say that I've used most of my life. Um, it's one that a lot of users would have started off with. Um, the reason I suppose that uh, I like working with it is because it has certain... There's a scripting language which I'm enjoying to use, like, you know, and uh, it's called PowerShell. It's out for about six or seven years and it's... Um, it's used more and more so because it's fast, because uh, Windows uses a lot of graphical, um, I suppose, ways of doing things, whereas Microsoft nowadays are trying to, uh, specifically, I suppose, in administration, IT administration, if you're involved with servers and stuff like that, wants you to use uh, the PowerShell because it's more secure. Um, and again, like for, I suppose, hackers, they usually like to use graphical tools, whereas when you're only using scripting language, which is commands, they yeah. wouldn't be using that much. That's what I, I like about Windows. It's it's interesting. Um, again, another operating system which uh, I like and I'm starting to use is uh, is Ubuntu. It's uh, part of the Linux, and it's free. Uh, it's freeware. And uh, if you again, when we originally started our conversation today, we talked about. Um, if you've uh, an older laptop, say with Windows 7, should you go to Windows 10? Well, maybe if you've a laptop and it's spare, maybe put on something like Ubuntu on it. Um, it doesn't need as many resources as Microsoft needs. Um, even older laptops or computers can take Ubuntu, and it's very, very easy to install. You just need an image. Again, you use freeware with it, like uh, LibreOffice. You don't need to pay licenses yeah. or fees. Um, and again, with big companies like Google and uh, Amazon, they're big into Linux, and the cloud is full of Linux. And um, it's every day's learning day. You learn something new. Even in Windows, you're going to learn something new. And it's an, it's fun, like you know, learning new things with uh, operating systems, like you know. So um, again, it's uh, I suppose like it depends on. 
what you want to do with the operating systems as well and uh, you can find scripting ways of doing things and you can find graphical ways of doing things but with Windows I think the scripting ways using PowerShell can do more than the graphical you can yeah. probably do 100% of things with PowerShell uh, whereas with the graphical way you're probably able to do 95% of things that's the way Microsoft is going so uh, it's uh, it's always interesting and again they use things in the cloud with Microsoft like they use Azure that's you know putting different um, I suppose like services up there um, which is I think it's going to happen more and more with um, as things progress like you know yeah. with the computer industry it's a saving I suppose like you know on having physical devices on your premises where things up in the cloud um, can be really do need strong internet connection but it can save money in the long term like you know if you have um, I suppose like applications that can be you know used as well in the cloud like you know it saves you having them physically in your premises yep. so. uh, that's great thanks for that and that is going to be appearing again on a regular basis in a podcast he's going to be Agni Uncle so if you have any questions or queries you want to answer you can email me at ronan at techdoctor.net. That's ronan at T-E-C-D-R dot N-E-T. And uh, he'll be able to answer your queries, and we'll, we'll get them on again very soon. And in the meantime, back to Anthony, and hopefully uh, you'll get to enjoy his, uh, his wisdom and he'll be able to help you solve your problems. That's Thanks for that. Cheers.